You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, which is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And with me today from Brenthurst Wealth is Suzanne Harman. And Suzanne, you're getting ready for the big three-week lockdown, as they call it. And there's been a bit of a lockdown, I suppose, when it comes to people's finances. And you sent me a piece earlier today, kindly, uh, that says, is there value in having a financial advisor? If this was a really short interview, I'd just say, yes, thank you very much, Suzanne. See you next week or something. But um, (laughs) even more so today, I would have thought, you need a car head and some sage advice in order to get through these very testing times. Afternoon, Lindsay and listeners. Thank you. Um, Most definitely, yes. Um, Especially in the current uncertain and extreme times, it's a question that is asked by a lot of people and the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Yes. There is most definitely a value in having a financial advisor for most investors. For most investors, yes. But I would imagine you would have a a small proportion of your investors that have phoned you up over the last four weeks, which is when the the route really started, and have said, look, I know we should be in for the long term, but I'm really worried, so can we get out? And you probably have to sit down and say, look, yes, maybe in the short term we should get out, but you'll never get back in again. All those sort of conversations going on. Have you had those sort of conversations? Lindsay, I know some of my colleagues have had their conversations. I was maybe had one conversation, not so much clients asking me, should we move into cash, but more clients asking me, is my portfolio positioned to for the long term or is my uh, portfolio positioned to withstand what is happening in the current market? Am I okay? So, Yes, um, what I did and what most of my colleagues also did is we sent out an email to all of our clients reassuring them that we've got their hands, we are holding them, their portfolios are structured in a diversified portfolio and that they will be okay. Yes, it's volatile. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's nerve-wracking. But that is why we as financial advisors are there to help our clients, to coach them, taking their hands through the tough times to make sure that they don't do any drastic changes when the markets are volatile. We manage their emotions and, yeah, that is what we are here for. Yes, and you can sort of break it down statistically as well, rather than the sort of psychological side, which we've just described and you've just described, rather. Um, Various investment firms across the world have come to the similar conclusion that was put forward by Vanguard after their analysis, that an advisor can add between 15 to 3% on returns over time. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when an interest rates are zero and when inflation is... 2% in the developed world, for example, certain developed world countries, one and a half to 3% is quite a lot. Exactly. If you take this 1.5 to 3%, that's per annum. If you take that over a long term of 20 or 30 years, you're sitting with a substantial amount of growth extra that you would have had or that you would have lost out if you didn't have a financial advisor. So I agree, not everyone does need or want an advisor, but it's also known that about a quarter of all private investors um, are dedicated enough to manage their own own financial affairs. 
Yes, indeed. It says here, a quarter of all private investors are dedicated enough to manage their own affairs. But the other 75% need one. But also, it would be interesting to see how well the 25% do. I mean, I know they want to, to do it and they want to be masters of their own destiny and not be told what to do. But I just wonder what the difference in performance is. Maybe we'll come to that later. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. Um, we need to look at these 25% of investors. They study the market movements obsessively. They do projections and they actually enjoy doing the same um, and doing these things. But perhaps mostly important, and that's what we also talked about earlier, is the fact that they are disciplined enough to not let their emotions dictate their decisions when it comes to their investments. They remain focused on their long-term investment goal and strategy. And that's where we see the other 75% of investors are struggling if their emotions play a big part in investing. And come this volatile times, come low return environments, they want to make movements which actually is not good for them. No, indeed. I mean, of all the times that people are sitting down and watching television and listening to podcasts and listening to the radio and reading websites and things, now is the time because they've got slightly more time on their hands because they're working from home and they manage their time differently to when they're working in the structured environment of an office. So they're, they're watching even more news and getting even more scared in some cases, I would have thought, Suzanne. Correct. Absolutely. There is so many negative news out there. And if you do not have someone to guide you through it and to help you remain focused on your long-term goal or the outcome that you seek, you can very easily make an incorrect decision that can have detrimental effects on your investment returns over the long term. Quite right. Now, we've got some positives here that you've listed. The positives of having a financial advisor. Number one, behavioural coaching. The good advisors out there, you say, are focused on education of their clients and taking their hands in tough times. You've sort of uh, mentioned that, but we just need to reiterate it. It's, it's very simple just to say, we're going to buy this fund, we're going to buy that fund, we're going to charge you this, very good luck. But I suppose you really need, they really need a friend as much as, as an advisor during, during stressful times. That's very true. In many cases, financial advisors is also more like a psychiatrist because we need to help the clients to calm down, to stay focused, listen to their, in inverted commas, complaints, their stresses, and help them and guide them to make the correct decisions or to stay focused and to manage their emotions. So, yeah, uh, behavioral coaching, very high on the list there. The oh. second one I've listed also um, yes. is re uh, re required risk management. Often we see clients who in their own tends to be overly conservative or either very risky when it comes to their investments. We as advisors have the necessary tools to do a proper analysis and with one-on-one -on -one discussions with clients, the required risk levels can easily be established, which is best suited for the individual's needs as well as their long-term goals. Sometimes these risk levels need to be increased to achieve a client's uh, long-term investment outcome. And what I mean by that is a client that needs to or wants to retire with X amount in 20 years, but they only want to save 
why. So by doing their risk analysis, we can tell them, look, you are moderate aggressive, but you actually need to take on a little bit more risk to be able to reach your end goal, to have that income when you retire, if you only want to save this. If you want to do more conservatively, you would need to increase your monthly or annual contribution. Um, so that is what we do is we manage that risk that they have to take or that they only can take because sometimes a client wants to or is more aggressively invested currently, but they are so anxious for anything that happens in the market that they actually should be a little bit more conservatively invested. Exactly right. Number three, uh, selecting asset managers and funds. I know for a fact that you have you spend an awful lot of time selecting managers, and it's not just looking at them and saying, "Well, they made seven point six percent last year uh, above inflation, and the other and the and the other person only made five point two percent." So I know that it is terribly important that you have such a reputation as a financial advisor in the market that you can knock on the door and go and see these fund managers and get the you know the inside track for them. Which and the average person in the street probably couldn't couldn't do to such an extent. Again, correct, Lindsay. Yes, there's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of newsletters, there's a lot of information on the internet that uh, individual investor can go and research and read. But they don't have accessibility, or most of the time, they don't have direct accessibility to a fund manager. We as advisors have the privilege to be able to speak to these managers either via email or by picking up a telephone and call them. We have close relationships with most of them. Therefore, we can ensure that managers, that the managers we use and we entrust our clients' monies to are reputable, they are of good quality, they are registered with the required boards, and they can differentiate themselves as excellent through the good and the bad times. Yes, we do not chase last year's best fund performance because this year it probably won't be the best performance. We use diversified portfolios with good, reputable asset managers. Jolly good. Final point number four, financial planning and financial risk management. It's all very well getting the market right, but if you mess up your profits because you don't have the right financial plan, then it's really counterproductive. <laughs> exactly. We as financial advisors have the knowledge and we've studied a, quite a long time to assist investors with detailed calculations when it comes to retirement planning, estate planning, etc. So we can also assist in managing financial risks that happens in life. Something like uh, insurance claim that you have to put through that you can't get through but you have to now withdraw from your investments. And these financial risks tend to derail your long-term investment plans. So a financial advisor can assist in managing those risks and to adjust your plan or your investment to ensure minimal disruption up to your long-term goal. Right, finally, I've got a great uh, example here, and it's a very personal example. My son and his partner are both lucky enough to be, well, not luck, actually, they worked hard. They're both teachers at Hilton College in KwaZulu-Natal, okay? And they've got, they've got a great life. They get a good salary between them, combined salaries, and they live in uh, subsidized housing in a beautiful part of the, the country, and they've suddenly got some spare cash. They're both in their mid to early 20s. Okay, now my son phoned up and said, uh, Dad, I'm really thinking of 
buying some some shares i said well that's a very good idea especially as the market is you know 30 percent weaker than it was a month ago and he said well how should i go about it and i said well you should go to this person this person and this person and you choose between them and one of them was you by the way uh suzanne yeah. or rather rather brenthurst um he could have, um he would have been put to, in the, with the right person but he comes back to me two days later and says, Dad, I bought my first shares. I thought, fantastic. Who did you choose? And he gone online and done it himself, which is fine because <laughs> when he loses money, he'll, he'll, he'll realize that his father actually isn't as stupid as he, he thinks I am. And he said, but why would, I, why would I pay anybody when I can just do it myself? I said, Declan, where do you work? He said, Hilton College. I said, why do people pay uh, for their children to go to Hilton College? Because they're in the hands of professionals. And that shut him up for a bit, Suzanne. You would have been proud of me. <laughs> I have to laugh. Well done. That is exactly it. There's people, you don't go to a lawyer to go and give you a medical certificate when you're ill. So go to a financial advisor if you need financial advice. Don't try and do it yourself. That's the simple rule exactly you've taught me well over the years Suzanne and the final question is and it's probably the most serious question I've asked you over the last uh, a few minutes is with the lockdown coming what is the first thing you're going to do this afternoon when you get a couple of hours to go and do things and I would say that you're going to go to the hairdresser or the nail bar uh, because uh, because I'm sexist but <laughs> you're probably not going to do that are you ready well, for the, are you ready for this lockdown Yes, I am. I have not stocked up like other people did, but I made sure that I've got enough food in my fridges and enough milk and toilet paper. So at this point, for me, my husband and my son, it's staying at home, um, making sure we keep a distance from all people, family members included. So it's looking after ourselves boosting our immune systems and then enjoying some family time. Very good, Suzanne. Enjoy the your self-imposed, or rather your government-imposed isolation. Thanks very much for your good advice. That's Suzanne Harman, who's a financial advisor at Brenthurst Wealth in the Western Cape. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.